The rules we grew up with were never meant for us. It's time for a change. Welcome to Becoming Wild. This podcast will support you in untethering from conditioning, examining limiting beliefs around womanhood and value, and tapping into your innate power. Because when women embody our truest, wildest selves, we change much more than our own lives. We change the world. I'm your host, Emma Wittard. Hello, welcome to episode four of Becoming Wild. I'm your host, Emma Wittard, and I'm coming to you today from Pasadena, California. This is our fourth episode, and for the next three shows, we'll be focusing on our beliefs. Why, you might ask? Well, our beliefs are the things that make up our model of the world. They're the things we believe are true. When we hold a belief, we act from that place. For example, I grew up with the belief that there is never enough time. So I would always rush and also not do things that I didn't think were essential. And I used to spend a lot of time stressing about perceived lack of time and worrying I would be late for things. I was like the white rabbit from Alice in Wonderland. I unearthed the fact that this is a belief I hold at a coaching retreat in 2019. To my surprise, I met other people who didn't believe that at all their relationships with time were quite different. Suddenly, that belief didn't seem so absolutely true anymore. I chose to change it. And I changed it to, there is always enough time to do the things that are truly important to you. Luckily for me, the intention to change this was all it took. And my life has really been quite different ever since. I don't stress about time anymore, and sometimes I'm even a bit late. I focus on what I care about and make sure I leave plenty of time in the day to do those things. Life feels really quite different. Our beliefs are effectively our operating system. We develop default beliefs that we receive from our family and society when we're kids. These beliefs do not necessarily serve us as we get older. Sometimes we need an upgrade. So I'll be talking with my client Lou today about some of the beliefs that she has unearthed. I gave her a writing exercise to do between sessions to examine her beliefs in some key areas of life. She's coming back today with the ones she feels are most blocking her from her goal, which is to leave corporate life set up her own business, and feel confident and good in herself. But before we get to that, let's see what wild question has popped into my inbox. Kay writes, Dear Emma, I realise that old beliefs hold us back from becoming who we are. One I am dealing with is I'm not good enough to be seen for example, in public, as an author or a speaker. I would love to know with which method I could turn this belief into a positive one, which is not holding me back from becoming who I am, for the sake of my well-being, but as well for others to whom I could give more if I open and show my potential to inspire people 
by reflecting thoughts and stories. It would be great to have different methods which could be easily used during the day when realising that an old belief has an impact on my actions and reactions. Thank you so much. Thank you for your question, Kay. We'll be talking so much about changing beliefs over the next three episodes. But yes, how do you change a belief once you've found it? A good place to start is to figure out where the belief has come from. Where did you get the belief that you're not good enough to be seen? Do you remember times in your childhood, for example, when you were told to be quiet or stay away? Then decide what you want your new belief to be. It could be as simple as turning the story around from I'm not good enough to be seen to I am good enough to be seen. You could go even further than this and give yourself a real purpose with it. For example, it is important that I am seen. Then look for some evidence to back up the new belief. How might it be important that you're seen? I know that you're a woman. How might it be important for a woman to be seen and heard at this point in time? Can you think of times from your own life when what you've said or written has helped someone else? Do you have a daughter who might be watching and learning how to conduct herself from your actions? Gather evidence for the new belief and then start some action to help anchor that new belief. What would someone who knows that it is important that they are seen do? Can you commit to one small action per day to back up that belief? I feel like I mentioned Byron Katie's book, Loving What Is, every episode, but it's a powerful tool for learning and practicing examining and turning around your thoughts. Details in the show notes. If the belief is hanging on and you need a deeper excavation to loosen it up, then I really love somatic release therapy. I use it with my own clients regularly and my own coach has used it on me. It can really change the energy around a belief in a single session. Look for a practitioner who's trained in this. I hope that this answer is useful to you and do contact me again if you'd like more guidance. And now on to our coaching session. Hi Lou, how are you today? I'm good, Emma. How are you? Very well, thank you. Good. So today we're going to be talking about your belief system Mm -hmm. um, around certain areas of life Mm -hmm. and I gave you some homework. You did. I didn't totally finish it. I'm Mm. almost done. I got through I think five of the six areas. Okay well let's keep the sixth area for next time then because we've got two sessions to cover all of this. Okay, cool. Um, Okay, great. So you excavated those beliefs. Mm -hmm. And what I did was I asked you 
to identify one or two that you think might be blocking you from the goals that we've set together, Mm -hmm. which is being a leader, not a helper, and feeling honoured and taken care of. Mm-hmm. So did you did you manage to identify the thorniest ones? I was just working on joy and thinking that this, I mean, it's just something that I haven't done a lot of work around. And I'm guessing maybe it's a gut feeling that it would really impact feeling honored and taken care of. I'm just, you know, more appreciation for myself. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So I think that may be one. And if I had to guess, I would say potentially, I think anybody who didn't even do the work would say, well, your beliefs around success would definitely impact being a leader, not a helper. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. There may be some things in there in relationship as well. Yeah. The main thing is that you went through the exercise for yourself. You've you've actually identified the beliefs that aren't serving you and yeah. you found new beliefs for those. Mm-hmm. Even just naming them I think helps. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um Okay, which one should we should we start with, joy or success? Um, let's start with joy because that's the page in my journal that I'm on. Awesome. Okay. So, what were your existing beliefs that you identified for joy? That I'm not a joyful person. That joy is a fleeting emotion. Mm-hmm. That joy is outside of everyday life. I think there's another one in there that joy is frivolous and Mm. unproductive. Yeah. Yeah. Back to unproductive. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Do any of these beliefs feel like they are not serving you? All of them. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Okay. Where did you identify that they came from? I'm I think a lot of it came from just not seeing my mom as a joyful person mm-hmm. or really taking joy in her life. I remember her like working at joy. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, reading self-help books and practices to be more joyful and I, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a slippery slope for me when you start to talk about working at feeling an emotion. Yeah. Okay. So in order to make a change here, we have to value joy, right? Mm -hmm. So we need to start with, um, really excavating I think that that belief that joy is frivolous yeah what belief would you like instead um that joy is productive 
and mm-hmm. creative in itself that it's the opposite of frivolous that it is I, I think creative is the word more than productive great yeah yeah joy is creative in yeah. itself okay so tell me a little bit more about that I, when I use the word creative, a lot of times I'm really thinking of it as generative, not just, um, you know, drawing and painting, but like what is what is being created out of joy or beauty or, you know, whatever thing you're talking about. Um, so I love that idea that that joy is actually creating something, bringing something to life in the world that didn't already exist. Um, and I, I guess is unique to, to the creator. Yeah. Okay. Lovely. How about this idea that joy is outside of everyday life? I think it's really important to learn to to find joy in everyday life. Otherwise, yeah, you just end up feeling like you're not joyful or like you have to go out and create it or mm-hmm. you're only going to experience it in, you know, certain special moments like, you know, <clears throat> going to a wedding or some sort of party or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I think it's similar, I guess I'd like to think of it as similar to gratitude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's more, yeah. even more generative if you can find joy in everyday life in, you know, doing the laundry and washing the dishes and carpooling the kids around. Right. So, so let's try and get a little bit specific about what we're talking about here. This is a really hard question. Okay. What is okay. joy? Uh. <laughs> yes, great, great answer. What yeah. is joy? Joy is a feeling and an energy it's it's fuzzy and warm it can be like a feeling of elation mm-hmm. but i think what we're talking about here is that it doesn't have to be that exaggerated mm-hmm. as elation i think that's one of the reasons that i think i struggle with joy because mm-hmm it seems to me like it should be a bigger feeling and that if I don't feel the big feeling of it, then, then it's not there. Then Mm -hmm. I haven't had, I haven't had joy, Mm -hmm. but as I'm talking through this, I'm thinking joy is more just like, can be taking pleasure in the everyday moments, being present in the moment Mm -hmm. and 
appreciating the moment for what it is. Yeah. And maybe the full sensorial experience. Yeah. To me, you've just described joy and you've described how you do joy. Mm-hmm. Presence and appreciation. Yeah. True presence and true appreciation. Yeah. 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 I mean, that sounds like a great definition of joy to me as I see it. And obviously we're all different. Um, we don't even have to use the word joy. You could choose a completely different word if you wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, all we know is it's a happy kind of connecting emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, so presence and appreciation. I think it's. I think that's really important. Okay. So you you say you are not a joyful person, and yet you've just given me what I would consider to be an absolutely spot on definition of joy and how to do it. Yeah. So tell me about that belief that you're not a joyful person. I don't know. I guess. I I guess I feel like I'm a serious person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um definitely not a frivolous person <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so if joy is frivolous then I can't be either of those things mm-hmm. so we've um, just established that joy isn't frivolous right right I also you know in my adult life my husband is very, he's like the opposite of serious. He is like, everything is a dad joke or a play on words or like he's not, he's not serious. And to the point of where it gets annoying for me. <laughs> and so I may have over the long years that we've been together I may have created a you know I'm the I'm the serious side of the relationship I'm the take care of business side of the relationship he's the the fun easygoing side of the relationship which I you know I think can be a fine balance for an overall relationship but doesn't mean I shouldn't allow myself to feel joy yeah yeah perhaps as an overall relationship it feels balanced but then as as individuals I wonder whether it feels balanced yeah for each of you yeah yeah based on your new definition of joy can a serious person be joyful yes yeah I mean, it's hard for me to picture that, (laughs) but I really want to believe that. I'm thinking of it in terms of how it's being perceived, not how I feel. Right. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And 
what's the reason that you're coming at it from that angle do you think i i don't i don't know <laughs> what's I, important about the perception of it i think it comes back to that how people that i care about see me and perceive me and value me as a productive, responsible, non-frivolous person. And what's important about being seen in that way? Because that's how I got acceptance and belonging to my family when I was young. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And now that we are working on honoring yourself and taking care of yourself if you are honoring your whole self how is it important that you are perceived how i'm perceived by other people um it's just not as important to me it's more important to me how i perceive myself yeah and how would you like to perceive yourself? I would like to perceive myself as joyful <laughs> and relaxed mm -hmm. and flexible and serious and productive and creative. I'd like to see myself as a well-balanced person that can hold all of these things. Okay. So if you would like to be a joyful person and you clearly have experienced joy in your life and you've told us that a way into joy is presence and appreciation, how would you like to approach becoming more joyful becoming more joyful i would like to approach it um by being as present as i can be in every mm -hmm. in every moment not moving too quickly not being too reactionary that's all that's coming to me right now. Right. By being present in every moment. And you mentioned appreciation as well. Mm -hmm. Is that going to be inherent in presence or do you need to add a layer there? I think it's being present in the moment and then appreciating it is like one, that is the, the deeper layer. So... If I can find myself present in the moment and pause, that will allow me to, to appreciate that right. moment. Okay. So how are you going to do this? <laughs> I'm going to do it by doing one thing at a time and not having a bunch of things going on at the same time podcast while I'm 
eating lunch or just at least trying to, I don't think it's possible to do that all the time, (laughs) but having moments of quiet, singular tasks, I think creates a practice Mm -hmm. of being present. Yeah. And for, for me also just really paying attention to my senses Mm-hmm. Sight, yes. sound, smell really brings me into the present moment and mm-hmm. helps me get to that deeper level of appreciation. They're great gateways into the present. Okay, great. So you said it creates a practice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this becomes a practice, a practice of being present. Yeah. So do you already have times of the day or or things that you do that are going to be easier to practice this during yeah I do every morning I've got yoga and meditation time and that's really where I do a lot of practice in being in the present moment I don't have a lot of breaks during the day One thing I've been doing more of lately, I've been really paying attention to drinking a lot of water, and I think it would be lovely to stack on to that habit, not just drinking the water, but checking my senses in that moment Mm -hmm. and and being present in that moment. Mm. Lovely. Yeah. Sounds strange, but I sometimes find that the car can be a good time to practice presence. Yeah. I listen to podcasts in my car or music, Mm -hmm. and I really have to remind myself to give myself some silent time in the car. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it would be nice to do more of that. Yeah, I think that's that's a really good key as well, silent time. Mm Mm-hmm. And when you said it, I was thinking not just of audio silence, but yeah. kind of if if we think about all the noise that we get visually from our phones and things like that as yeah. well. Yeah. It's this idea of just slowing down, again, back to sensory, slowing down mm-hmm. the things that stimulate our senses. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So having done that, do you still consider yourself not a joyful person? No. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's possible to be serious and joyful. Yeah. Joyfully serious. Seriously Mm -hmm. joyful. Seriously (laughs) joyful. There we go. I love it. Okay, great. Yeah, this is a practice. This is something to practice. It's part of feeling honored and taken care of. So great. Mm -hmm. I'm really glad that we talked about that. Yeah, yeah. And let's see how it goes. Yeah, okay. Okay. Should we move on to success? Yeah. My beliefs are kind of a mixed bag here. So I have this belief that success is being happy where I am right now. Um, 
doesn't mean that I can't or don't work toward a future goal. But even from the time I was a teenager, I don't believe that future success in a as defined by society or anybody else, I don't believe that that type of success is worth unhappiness right now. So for example, my grandfather used to always tell me I should study finance because people who study finance make a lot of money. <laughs> and I, I was like, well, that's not my end all be all goal for my life. And I don't find that an enjoyable topic to study. Another belief is that success is a certain amount of money that allows me to have the life that I want to live. And then there's also a piece of success for me that is about achievement of goals, of a certain level of productivity, of achieving betterment. This achievement is like never ending. There's always another goal. There's always getting better at something, something else to do. Uh, and this one really feels like more like an external validation type of thing. Mm, yeah. Yeah. One of those things. It's always a clue if you can never actually achieve the thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? mm -hmm. yeah. It's not possible to quote unquote win at a definition that you have. It, it's a good, um, good clue to change it. Yeah. Okay. Where would you like to start with these? Um, well, I mean, I feel like the first one is, is still, is serves me. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, yeah. I don't feel like that's something that I want to let go of. Um, the second one is maybe not fully excavated just in terms of having a certain amount of money that allows me to, to have the life that I want. But yeah, I, mean, I don't, I don't really want to let go of that. Um, so I think this achievement, I, I think this will continue to hang me up throughout okay. um, my life and my transition into a different career, you know? Yeah. And what I really want out of my career change is a different way of working and experiencing work and experiencing achievement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So at the moment, the belief is success is achievement and it's, it's the kind of achievement that you never finish. There's always another, right. another thing to learn yep. or another award to get or the next position. More. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I've not, yeah, I've not climbed the corporate ladder quickly. I've throughout my career, I've had moments of recognizing the the work that I'm doing is way more important to me than the title. And overall, that's that's mostly how I feel. But I definitely have had moments where I'm like, 
no, I'm feeling ambitious. I really want to move up, move along. And then there's also moments where it's like, you know what? I've, I've been working for a long time, doing really good work. I'd like a little recognition for my efforts. The kind of different between ambition and getting rewarded for my efforts that I'm really putting in. So I, I don't always feel tied to this, but I do recognize myself coming back to it of like feeling like, oh yeah, that's what, that's what I want. That's, I'll feel, I'll feel, I'll feel better about myself. I'll feel more proud of myself Mm -hmm. when I get this next level position. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As you say, external validation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so what is the version of this belief that around success that allows you to honor yourself? Say that again. What's the new definition of success that That allows me to honor myself? Allows you to honor yourself, enables that. Um Well, the new definition of success that allows me to honor myself is first word that comes to my mind. Like the first sentence starts with achieving. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to try to maybe describe how it feels. It's, it's more rooted and grounded in um in my authentic self mm-hmm. and um my confidence mm-hmm. um belief in myself and my ability to help other people through my work not in the external validation way, but in seeing the positive impact that I'm having on people around me. Okay, so I'm going to stop you there. Okay. What if you can't see the impact? Yeah. What if you coach somebody and they walk away and you never speak to them again? Mm. Um. Yeah, that's okay with me. I feel like I've given my best. Right. Yeah. And it's up to them to do with it what they will. Great. So success needs to be within your control. Yeah. So it has to be what you believe, think, feel, and do. Mm Mm-hmm. Because as soon as we make it about the results, we lose control of it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So success could be productivity one day. It could be, I need to make five phone calls today. Yeah. Gonna, if I make those five phone calls, I've succeeded. Mm-hmm. Just so long as it's not that the people who answer the phone 
say yes to coaching, for example, because right. you have no control right. over that. Yeah. Right. So yes, yeah. success is rooted and grounded in my, my authentic self, my confidence, belief in myself, and belief in my ability to help other people through my work. Mm-hmm. Not the results, but the belief yeah. that I have that ability. Yeah. And that I'm giving my best. Yeah. Yeah. I So really interesting. So I had an experience yesterday with my manager and it, it's evaluation time. It's the half year point. And I had to do a self-evaluation. And so we met yesterday for us to talk through my self-evaluation that I had submitted to her. And she, (laughs) she gave me, I mean, I'm going to say strong feedback that I wasn't rating myself high enough. (laughs) So my belief in myself, in my work at my day job is, is really low right now. Mm. And so it was really like a pretty impactful moment where I was just like, I didn't realize it until Mm. she started saying these things. And it really, it's like she had to like convince me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so now that we're sitting here saying success is part of it is this belief in my ability to do good work to do my best i think yeah i i think there's those two things are playing with each other right now i don't know how yet mm okay Yeah, something about giving your best. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm giving my best at my day job. And that's how I rated it, rated myself. Mm. My manager is saying, you're amazing. You're brilliant. There's There's no average grade on this. I rated myself average pretty much across the board. She's telling me that I'm way above average. Okay. So right, this is really interesting. Yeah. So you you in your you in your own opinion are not giving your best to your day job. So you rated yourself average. Is that true? I guess I guess I just I am giving my average. And what I'm struggling with, like, I, I think my average is my best. And it's better than I think it is. Right. Okay. So unpack my average is my best for me. I don't know. It's just this weird, like, 
I guess it's like my level of detail orientation and Mm -hmm. taking accountability and responsibility for driving things forward, not letting things just be talked about, nothing gets done. That's my average way of working. That's Mm -hmm. what I do. I don't drop balls. Yeah. Okay. So I would reframe this. Your average is not your best. Your average is somebody else's best. Hmm. Because in the context of your day job, what you consider to be average effort for you, the results you get are the equivalent of somebody else putting in their best. Yes. And that makes sense if I feel like my work at my day job is not making an impact on people in the way that's like living out my purpose. Like my purpose, Mm -hmm. my reason for being on this planet at this time is not to manage projects at a corporate job. You know, Mm -hmm. my purpose is something else that's not on my job description, that's not always on my everyday list of job duties. So that makes sense to me then. Yeah. Yeah, because giving your best, what your best is, will change on a day-to-day basis. You know, if if you're working on your new business, it may be necessary to dial down the energy you expend yeah. on your day job in order to focus on your quote-unquote purpose yeah. work. Yeah. Right? So... Again, your best is what you define it to be Yeah. in any given moment, also based on the resources you have at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that really is success to me. Like I, I, I really see that as like giving my best to the best of my ability, you know, like you said, depending on my resources for that day. That is that success mm-hmm. much yeah. more than achieving a high performance evaluation or the next level position. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because that's somebody else's measure. You're living your life. You yeah. are the measure. Yeah. You're the only person who can measure yeah. what is success. Yeah. And what is your best. Our performance evaluation system is called my best. <laughs> I just like that just oh, now came to me of like, oh, oh. My gosh. <laughs> so it's the opposite of, mm-hmm. of what's really going on. Yeah. Talk about it should be called washing. Yeah. It should be called your manager's best. <laughs> yeah. Or the shareholder's best. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. My definition of success is success is whatever I deem it to be that Mm -hmm. is within my control in any given moment. Wow. That's it. That's pretty wide open. Right? (laughs) That's pretty wild of you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And it's intended to be. Nice. Okay, so how strongly do you now feel that success is achievement? 
Not strongly. Great. <laughs> I've known that making this transition from corporate to my own business, there were going to be some little things like this that needed to be unhooked. And I mm -hmm. feel like this was an unhook moment. Good. So of the other categories that you unearthed beliefs in, is there anything else there that you'd like to work on now? Let's see. If you're going to be charging money for coaching, is there anything there that we need to look at? Yes, I think that's a good one to look at. The three top three that I wrote down are earning money is hard. I just recently unearthed a belief that I won't belong within my part of my family unit if I earn a lot. But I think probably the stickiest for me is my work is not valuable enough to deserve a lot of money. Mm, awesome. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Very important to excavate that one. Mm -hmm. Work is not valuable enough to earn a lot of money. Yeah. Okay. Where has that belief come from? I think it's come, I think it's because the work that I want to do with my business and that even I feel like I'm best at in my day job is not necessary. It's not, I mean, yes, you can do training and get degrees and all of that, but the real value of it doesn't come from the, the degrees and the, the standard career path. It mm -hmm. comes from my innate ability to connect with people and hold space for people and listen and be empathetic for people. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, that was also very hard for me to talk about with my manager because that was some mm -hmm. of what she was talking about of the great things that she sees in me. I don't know how to talk about that or write about that in a performance evaluation, you know? Mm. So how do I equate it to value in terms of asking people for money? Mm. Yeah. And let's be clear, we're talking about asking people for money for coaching. Yeah. Right? That's the new business yeah okay when people come to you for coaching what do you think they're really paying for I think they're paying for a change a transformation in their own life I think they're exactly. paying for an improvement in their own life yes yeah. So the value for them is in the transformation. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with you. 
So, so that's the first thing I would say. Okay. <laughs> Has zero to do with you. The equation, the value equation is how much is this change worth to me? Do I think I can really do this work? Do I think I can really make this change? Do I believe it's possible? I think there's there's also something in this belief that is a connection between my own value of myself yes. and yeah. my deservedness. Yes, exactly. I could rephrase the belief as I am not valuable enough to deserve mm-hmm. a lot of money. Awesome understanding. Great. So now that you've unearthed that, belief how do you feel about it I feel really bad about it I feel really like tender and sad for myself I can look at myself from outside and and recognize how much I want other people to understand their own value And that I think that's what makes me sad Mm. that I wouldn't, it makes me sad that I don't value myself. Yeah. Yeah. Do you intellectually, not emotionally, intellectually believe that you are worth as much as everybody else? Yes. Great. Okay. Yeah, so the guy who charges $100,000 for you to be a coaching client for a year is not worth more as a human being than you are. So yeah, so this is what this work always comes down to. It always comes down to our self-worth. Yeah. It just does. Um, so, so giving yourself some grace that you do feel this way. Yeah. Everybody feels this way to some degree or another. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great that we've unearthed it. Yeah. So to say it out loud, what is the belief you would like instead? <sighs> that, um, that I am valuable. I have value without earning it or deserving it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Inherent. Yeah. And that as it relates to money, that, that those two things aren't connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can have a lot of money and I can value myself and... Mm-hmm. I can value my work Mm -hmm. and I can, I can be worthy of having the money that I want, not even, not even the money that I need, but the money that I want. Yeah. This idea that money and value actually have no connection Mm -hmm. is 100% counter to what we are taught yeah 
Well, I mean, even just the language, right? Yeah. Worth value. Yeah. This is why I quite like using the phrase mattering. I matter. Mm. You matter. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, It's disconnected from that sort of the language of money mm-hmm. yeah yeah so if you believed that money had nothing to do with your inherent value how would you behave <laughs> it would be easy to price my services based on what the client is getting, which is the transformation, as opposed to how skilled or good I think I am. Because clearly, if we look at my self-evaluation of my day job, I'm not good at Mm. evaluating Mm -hmm. other people's experience of my work. Exactly. And I know you. So I know that you've done your training. Yeah. And I know your characteristics as well. I mean, a good coach has certain characteristics and those have already been externally validated for you through your evaluation. Yeah. You know, a coach doesn't become a coach when they start training as a coach. You're a coach based on your years on this earth and the experience that you have and your character yeah and your drive to do the work yeah that really just triggered in me some flashes of how I've worked with people inside my day job of just unconsciously coaching them through Mm -hmm. certain projects or situations or moments that yeah you know I didn't set out to I'm gonna go coach this person (laughs) I just found that the best way to get somebody to move their desk was to listen to them and to understand Mm -hmm. them and to validate their experience Mm -hmm. and then they were happy to make the change Usually our purpose work is tied into something that we've been doing relatively unconsciously our entire life that we find easy and other people find difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is what makes it so hard to describe and put in a self-evaluation or, uh, you know, talk about yourself. Here's what I'm good at. (laughs) Yeah. That's just what comes easy to me. That's like, I'm not putting in any extra effort. I'm just doing what Mm -hmm. comes easy to me. Isn't Mm -hmm. that, isn't that quote unquote average? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. And isn't that fascinating? So, you know, Tiger Woods is really good at golf. Right. Um, Was he born with inherent gifts to make him really good at golf? Absolutely, definitely. Has he added some training on top of that? Yes. But if I had done the same training as Tiger Woods, (laughs) I would not be good at golf. Yeah, yeah. Is his gift less valuable because he was born with it? Right. It's almost more valuable. 
Yeah. Yes, because you can't buy it yeah. and you can't train yeah. into it. And yeah. and therefore, so society is built on capitalism. Yeah. So what you're telling me is what's most valuable is something that you cannot pay for. Yeah. You can't pay for a training. I mean, you yeah. can't, yeah. you know, you can pay for your training, but it's not going to make you the thing. Right. You can't replicate it. No. You can't scale it. No. Yeah. So that is not what capitalism wants us to focus on. God, right. no. Right. They want us to believe that we can buy the thing. Yeah. You know, so yeah, what if your inherent gifts were the valuable thing? Yeah, and everything else is just structure that's put on top. Yeah, because we know coaching, we know our training is a process, we we layer in process to help us to help people, but mm -hmm. but really, our best tools are our empathy, ability to hold space, mm -hmm. and really desire to do the job. Yeah. 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 Okay. So based on what we've unearthed here around money and inherent worth, value, mattering, what would you like to do with this? Um, I would like to start charging a lot more for my coaching. Woohoo! <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, God, I feel, I feel right now a lot, I feel light and, um, flexible. I feel like energy is flowing freely. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I want to really hold on to that and, hold on to that value. I feel like that's mm -hmm. almost like the feeling of value inside me right now. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, and I can have that feeling and go out and charge as much or as little as I want for coaching mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because one is not reflective of the other. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's it for the show. Becoming Wild is a podcast written and produced by me, Emma Whittard. Special thanks go to Andrea Leader Wilborn, Sean Dennis, Jill Smolin, and Dean and De Silva. You can get more information about the show and other ways to experience my work at www.emmawittard.com. Please subscribe to Becoming Wild on your favorite podcast app and give us lots of lovely stars. It will make a huge difference to the discoverability of the show. If you'd like more direct coaching from me, please consider joining my Wild Woman community, where I post new content every few days and coach in the comments. And we have live coaching sessions every Friday or contact me to explore one-to-one -one coaching. If you have a question about what we covered today, or anything else you'd like some support over, you can email me at 
info at emmawittard.com, subject line wild questions. And I might just respond on the show. You'll be anonymous, of course. All of this information is in the show notes. Thank you for listening. You matter. What you do matters. And when a woman truly knows that, she changes the world. See you next time on Becoming Wild.